Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's your boy, the wrestling classic, Justin here, back live from the vibe for the first ever TWC show episode in 2020. So it is the first ever, because it's the first one in 2020. <laughs> and we are back, I'm rocking Chalkline, got this dope Death Row Records jacket that they sent me over the holiday break, I absolutely positively love it. Simple, but it stands out. Rocking some uh, Shasha Shanks, Sasha Banks, Salsa Banks, whatever you want to call her, from Urban Species on my shirt. These guys sent me this a while back. It's one of my favorite shirts because you guys know Sasha Banks is one of my favorites. And also, I should have pointed out, if you want to get yourself a Chalkline jacket, TWC15, you can still save money on getting yourself a Chalkline jacket by using the promo code TWC15. And after all that money that you spent during the Christmas holiday season... You can save some money when you buy some chalk line. So use the promo code, do the thing, and look who we have here with me today. It's none other than Lady Kane. It's AJ. It's Keep Me. I don't know, whatever you guys know her as. She's rocking a Kane shirt, so she's making it very clear that she's Lady Kane. Um, have you ever, would, uh, I don't know if she wants to. I was going to say, you should show him your dope Kane tattoo you got over, what was it? I, was it All yeah, In yeah, Weekend? Yeah. yeah, the first one. You got it from All In Weekend. Who gave you that tattoo? It was a wrestling tattoo guys, right? Yeah. What is their Aylen. Instagram page? He's wrestling Tattoos, I think. I think that's what they're Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Let me but Chris Aylen did it. Chris he Aylen. Tattoos, tattoos in Seattle, actually. From Wrestling Tattoos. So if you want to get a cool wrestling-related tattoo, they've done a bunch of them. You can check them out on Instagram at Wrestling Tattoos. But what's going on? How are you? What's going on, AJ? How's life? I'm good, you know? How's it? New, new year? year. Same me. I don't know. It doesn't feel like anything's changed. No, not at all. But that's the thing. Like, every New Year, it doesn't feel like anything changed. But I will I say know this. That Death Cab for Cutie song just gets more and more relevant every year. Which one? The one that just says, this is the new year. I don't feel any different. Yeah, I don't. But what was weird about this year specifically is because we we're going into 2020 was the idea that it's um the it's a new decade. Yeah. Because then that, that was... started making me reminisce about the beginning of the decade. It's interesting for me to th be like, what's going to define the past decade? I was like asking my roommate that. And I was like, you know, you think back to the 80s or the 60s and yeah. like summer of love, like you think defining things immediately. And I'm sure there are some for this decade. Like I think the main theme is like privacy and the concept of it in a global scale. I think social media blew up this decade. Streaming services yeah. blew up this decade. Netflix and Disney streaming and all the streaming services. But that's attached to privacy. So. I guess so. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking like things because I know what you're talking about because I'm a huge, like, I don't know, some people say I'm an old soul, but I love like old school vintage stuff. I love learning about the 60s and the 50s and the 70s and the 80s. And, you know, those are things that definitely define those decades for sure. And when, it, when you get past the 90s, I'm always like, what defined the 2000s? What defined 2010? It's hard to think I've passed the 90s of what defines those decades. And who, how are people going to be dressing like us in 20 years, you yeah, know, when we, it comes back? Because we always, you know, people throw parties like, oh, this is the 90s party. This is an 80s yeah. party. This is a, like, what is the party? How are people going to be, be dressing 2010s? like us for Halloween? Like, this is the know? 2010s party. Like, what, is that, what, is, what does that even mean? What is that? That's weird. It's going to be just chalk line jackets. <laughs> yeah, everywhere. I'll say this, though, like, from the beginning to the decade to now, like, because that's the only thing I reminiscent about. I never, I don't do New Year's resolutions. It's not that I don't believe in them. I, I am one of those people that thinks you shouldn't have to wait till the new year to change something. I don't really do, um, I don't, I don't know. Just the new year, new me things is not a thing for me. Obviously, I, I reset my goals and my things I want to accomplish by the end of the year, but I don't make them like a resolution. But the whole decade thing got to me. I thought about it like in 2010, I was what, maybe less than a year out of high school. 
very confused with what I want to do with my life and all that type of stuff. And uh, I spent the first five years uh, in a, you know, I have no idea what's going on here. I spent the first five years in a, uh, um, in, in, in a relationship, which I have no regrets about that or anything like that. And I feel like the second five years of the decade became the wrestling classic, which is so weird. Because if you yeah. asked me in 2010 if I'd ever be able to do anything wrestling related or have I have an Instagram page with all these wrestling fans and followers and got to go to multiple WrestleManias and meet a lot of my heroes growing up and all that, like that, that would all, I would never imagine any of that stuff to happen. So it's crazy when I think of it like that from who I was yeah. in 2010 to where I am now. Like it's nuts. Oh, hundred percent. I graduated college in 2010 yeah. and I definitely was in serious relationships until 2014 and I, had moved to Korea yeah. during this this decade, and then I lived in New York after that, and was very single, and it was a very different person in the first half to the second half. Exactly. No, same here. In the first half, as much as it seems like a blur, like you know, I, I I will never. I have zero regrets. I think everything happened for a reason. But I'm like, those sometimes now for me feel like darker times for some reason. That first half, 2010 to 2015, like I was trying to figure myself out and. I made this page oh. in 2014, but the second half has been a blast. Obviously, it has its low points too, like every year of every year of your life does. But I'm the opposite, though. But I think because I'm what am I like five years older than you, so it makes sense that yeah. like I thought I knew myself the first half, and then the second half, I was like, oh, I have no clue. But the best is when you don't, because that's when the most amazing oh, stuff yeah. comes out of it. Because I feel like because I was so confused that first half, the second half I was balls to wall. I'm sure at some point, and I'm, I'm gonna give it two, three years, when I turn 30 years old, I'm like, who am I all over again? And yeah, at some point after that 30 years, 30 year old, turning 30 years old, I'll come to that point again where I'm like, I was lost, now I figured out who I am again. Because I think yeah. life generally, you never really figure it out, like ever. I don't think anyone ever really, ever fully figures it out. Even when you get what you want and you achieve what you want, no. you want more, you think you're not doing enough. I think that's just human nature. Um, but when you're younger, I think you question it less. You're like, oh, I pretty much know who I am and I will only continue to know more. Where it's more of like a Benjamin Button thing. You yeah. start out and then you learn less. Well, like you just, when you're a kid, like when you you're know a teenager, less as you learn more. when you're a teenager, you think you know everything and you run this shit. Yeah. And like, like what but do you college, mean? If, you, if, you, if you're in college, that's just an extension of teenagehood because you don't really have real responsibilities for the most part. I don't know. Because like, if I look back at it, like, I've succeeded the same amount of times I've failed in the past 10 years. And I mean, like, I've left jobs. I got fired from jobs. I, 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 school is a whole different story. I've had some really bad incidents with, uh, you know, um, just life generally when it comes to, like, getting in trouble. Um, I, I, without sounding so melodramatic, I'm pretty sure, like, I escaped death, like, at least three times this past decade. And all of that together is, like, I'm still here, so cheers. And... And I feel like I learned a whole lot more in this past decade than did the years before. But I think, um, I think I matured a lot faster because of it. And uh, I think post high school Justin and high school Justin were two totally different people. Because when I was a teenager in high school, I, I thought I knew everything in the world. And I think right after I got out of high school, life sort of smacked me in the face. So even like my college years, like I felt like I was a little bit more grown than that teenager, Justin, but it's different for everyone. Life experiences, life situations, consequences, things you got to deal with and things you don't have to deal with. Um, relationships and family and all those things usually dictate who you are and what you think you know. But like, I went through a really big hippie stage. It was weird. I went to I'm not surprised by that, Justin. But I was scared for the world. Everybody <laughs> as corrupt as me against the world. I was anti-establishment. I still am somewhat anti-establishment. I'm really bad with authority, but you know, 
and then I also grew up and realized we're all gonna die anyways and also that no one else I think this is the takeaway for everyone listening to us talk about our lives in the past decade is like you just no one else actually knows what they're doing either and that's really comforting especially in the decade of social media when it looks like everyone else knows what they're doing they're really not and no realistically and I think a lot of people can relate with this conversation that's why I'm, I'm glad we're having it but realistically that's so true because if I can say something about the past five years that I didn't know before that is I've been able to meet so many people that haven't reached a certain level of success, whether they're wrestlers, whether they're influencers, whether they're on TV, whether, you know, like I've had the, the ability to have conversations with people. And it's crazy how much we have in common, even though they're somewhat successful or we see them on TV every week, they're just like us. And they're still trying to figure it out too. Like, if not more stressed out. Yeah, because <laughs> some of them are like, what am I going to do after this? What happens if this ends? Then what? Like, yeah. everybody is still always trying to figure it out. Um, and you just got to live life, man. And just do you and do, you know, whatever you want to do and roll with the punches, man. You will get knocked down a bazillion times. You will fail a bazillion times. But all the times you get knocked down and you fail are just going to help you achieve what you want to achieve because you're, you're ready for it, man. I've been knocked down and been in so many crappy situations anytime something crappy happens i'm like eh, i'll be all right i'll get through this one you know you've been there for so, a lot of the times so what's your takeaway mantra your advice what is it that you just like embrace the madness man that. embrace right, it of course embrace the madness mine won't be as as succinct, embrace the madness but... because within the good and the bad it'll all work out as long as you keep a positive mental attitude mine i guess is like no one everyone else also has no idea what they're doing and the main thing is you just have to show up to things in yeah. general. Like people are so afraid to, and I, when I mean show up, I, it's from like, yes, go outside and go to that stupid party you don't want to go to because you never know who will actually be there who could end up being someone else in your life, be it emotional or like a, a job opportunity or a network opportunity. 110%. And it, that's like the beginning of the spectrum all the way to like just move to the country that you want to go to or move to the city that you're like too afraid to and figure it out from there. If you fail, you fail. Like, it is it is possible to like fail and there's all like there's levels of, of privilege there in me saying that but at the same time like what happens like everything, I was super broken I was in Korea yeah but I made it work I got a credit card and gotten super in debt but it was totally worth it and, and opened up so many it's doors always worth it how many times have I randomly showed up places I wasn't supposed to be and it ended up being like uh, a you know, lot. <laughs> when it was, whether it was all in, whether it was every WrestleMania I've gone to, I just randomly showed up. Whether it was the Rumble, where I showed up last minute last year, um, showing up in Seattle for random shows. Like, I just, I, that's, I actually learned that oddly enough from the Singh brothers when I did a podcast with them, which maybe I'll post as a bonus episode one day. But one thing that Harvin Gerv, better known as Sunil and Samir now on WWE television, said in that podcast is I asked them, like, how did they get to the WWE? And they're like, we just showed up places. We would just always show up places. Like one time we heard they were going to be in Toronto, so we flew to Toronto. We snuck backstage. We said we were extras when we really weren't, and we started handing out our tapes and our pitches to everybody. And finally, it was like Chris Jericho and someone else actually talked to us and stuff. Backstage in their Canada Center. And then, yeah. like, that's the thing. So from that point forward, that was like, I think I did that podcast with them in 2016. From that point forward, I've always kind of, li- so thank you to those guys. Thank you to Harvin Gerv, because I've taken that advice with me throughout these past, two three years is just show up places as long as you nothing's gonna happen if you're at home but things will happen if you're at least there or you can try to make them happen 
I also told you that, but I'm sure they told you first. So it's they did tell me first. You told me that when <laughs> you, you were trying to convince me to come places, which was also a great thing that you convinced me to come to those places because things would happen. Um, before we let's start talking about wrestling. But before, oh yeah. right. Before we get to that, really quickly, I just want to give a quick shout out to Maestro Classic. Um, as you can tell, I just showed up here today with my beard and hair totally not done, but at least my beard looks great, and that's because I've been using Maestro Classic for the past year, maybe even longer. Um, if you guys haven't jumped in the Maestro Classic train yet, what are you guys doing? Maestro Classic is the best in beard care and is undeniably good at keeping your beard clean and conditioned. It is sulfate-free beard wash to clean the beard without drying your skin and beard butter to condition it and beard oil to help it shine. Um, they are the licensed barbers for all the WWE superstars, all the NXT superstars. If you look at those guys and how their beards and their grooming is all done, it's all Maestro Classic. You can buy this stuff in Target, and you can also buy it online at maestroclassic.com. Um, use the promo code TWC Maestro, and you can save yourself some money. I couldn't recommend it anymore. Any friend of mine, anybody else I've given it to, they love it. Um, it's easy to use, man. Just keep the, the one product in your shower. You'll remember to use it and then put the butter on after. Keeps the beard fresh and clean. Um, and, you know, I used to grow my beard out all the time back in the day and it would get itchy or just, like, go messy and stuff. But with Maestro, that's not the case, man. It keeps it really well well tamed, I shall say. It keeps my mane well tamed. And, yeah, so check out Maestro Classic. Um, someone else that is a huge Maestro Classic supporter is our boy Rusev. And... Uh, talking about rusev there's a lot that, let's talk about let's talk about the <laughs> most talked about segment this week um uh, that has the fans very split on social media and and that is the lana and lashley wedding the last segment of the decade on monday night raw the last wwe segment of the decade overall and it was like a 30 to 40 minute it felt like that long it might have been shorter segment of Lana getting married to Bobby Lashley. And we know WWE weddings never go as planned, so we're expecting a train wreck. We're expecting something to happen. And I wonder what the last segment of 2005, 2004 was, and I also remember, like, of 1999, because I feel like the 1999 one would look more similar to this one versus the 2000. I don't remember, but I think the 99 one. one was, like, I think Triple H winning the belt. Like, that's a little bit more wrestling-related. I think. I'm pretty sure because Big Show won the belt and I think Triple H won on the last episode of Raw 1999. I'd have to go back and double check. But to end it with this segment, and this is how I feel about it. Was it a good segment? No. By any means, it was not a good segment. Do you agree? Yeah. It was there. No, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. But I can tell you this. Everybody... We all, this is exactly what I commented on the WWE's page. I'm going to read it out because I, I really strongly believe in this, okay? And I want to see if you agree with this. So I commented on the WWE's page under the Lana thing because it took me a couple of minutes to digest it, okay? Because I watched the segment. I was in my Flick Chat live chat. For anybody that hasn't downloaded Flick Chat, do it and join the TWC show group and we can talk to you in the show. And be nice or I'll block you. Oh, yeah, because uh, AJ is. <laughs> I'm a mom. She has the power. Um, so I wrote this on the WWE's Instagram page. Also, shout out to Seamus. There's a funny comment here that says standard Irish wedding, which kind of got me to LOL for a second. But uh, I said, we all need to admit we enjoy a good train wreck. That was so bad that it was good. We all kept watching to see how it would end and found some sort of odd enjoyment in it, even though most people won't admit it. Because let's be honest, people did watch till the end. If you didn't like it, you could have turned off right then. You could have been like, people want to know what was going to happen. First things first, 110%. Everyone wanted to know how was this going to end. 
we also knew it wasn't going to be good. I don't think anyone believed going into it that this was going to be a good segment. Everything to do with this Rusev, Lana, Lashley storyline has pretty much been bad. Yeah, and I... So I... I had that 30 seconds, almost a minute delay on my stream from you in the flick chat. Yeah. And I guess I was watching when those other, because I guess the middle right around when those other X's came out, yeah. I was like, this is so bad and there's no saving it. And then you guys started texting, oh my God, live. And I was like, come on, it's not live. You could literally say anything right now and I'd believe you. It's how bad this yeah. is. And then it was, but she was real good on the mic. Liv killed it. Lana sucked. Yes. But I'm going to say something yes. about Liv. Um, I, and this is also the same with me. I didn't know it was her at first either. And she didn't get a crowd reaction because I don't think anybody knew it was her. Because she looks different than the last time we saw on TV. Although we've been seeing these video packages, I don't think people thought she was going to come out with this storyline. So when she came out, she got like almost no reaction. Yeah. And that kind of sucked. But I do think she killed it. Um, and I just think it was a train wreck. But I think what was like I think the fans enjoyed it. I think realistically, nobody wants to admit it. We enjoyed that train wreck. We knew it was going to be bad, and we stayed till the end to watch it. And I I'm, still have questions. I was also yes. on, I was also on Twitter, and everybody on Twitter was having a blast with it because we all knew we were going to watch something that was so bad that it ended up being good, and everyone was enjoying it because it was so bad. Like everyone was sitting there predicting someone's going to jump out of the cake, and was like, "What the hell, live? What is going on here?" Like it was fun yeah. because everyone was like, "What the what the fuck?" That's what made it fun. True, I guess there aren't that many things on Raw that I sit through and watch. Yeah, and it's one of the most watched segments on YouTube, which also proves that maybe it wasn't for the hardcore wrestling fans that are going to watch WWE all the time anyways and still going to complain. It was also for those casual fans that probably were tuning in for the first time or whatever, seeing this wedding, like, what is this? I mean, like, what? it actually did feel like Jerry Springer. It felt like a show where Mm. things were going to go off the handles. It was so, like, unbelievable unbelievable that it ended up being kind of, like, disturbingly good. And I think that's what happened. And I hear Sonia's arguments. I hear that. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. I hear Sonia's arguments about, like, she, she tweeted, um, well, I guess Mandy tweeted first, like, no words. And then Sonia was like, yep, right there with you. Can't believe this. A little bit of a backstory, which I told yes. you, they pitched it on Total Divas. Well, on Total Divas, mm-hmm. there was an angle for, like, two episodes where, and obviously Total Divas, as much as it's a reality show and as much as it's scripted, this is something I believe actually happened. Um, because it got scrapped and there was if you remember back that period of time they were building something with Oscar and Mandy it seemed like but it never happened and Becky won the belt and they did the triple threat thing only but what happened was or Charlotte won the belt from Oscar and then they did the triple threat title match instead but uh, Sonia pitched doing the first LGBT storyline with lesbians between her and Mandy where she would be eventually falling for Mandy, who's like her best friend. And that's kind of believable because they've been a tag team for like two, three years now. And it was going to be this thing where she starts falling for Mandy and it leads to them either having a match or her being involved in Mandy's match at WrestleMania. It fully got scrapped. They talked about on the show how it fully got scrapped. They showed her going in there, pitching it, like with the door closed, but like the, they're showing like the subtitles for what was happening. Like it was a whole thing on the show. So I think... Yeah, so that's a, ba- that's a backstory on it, basically. So then yeah. they showed that they were upset over social media when this took place because Liv came out and claimed her love for Lana and said they, that they were lovers, which is kind of like the first lesbian yeah. storyline. And people are going to be like, there's been lesbian storylines. Mickey James, Trish Stratus, da, da, da. But those have all been like stalker, but, crazy yeah, type and of those situations. Were, those were also very uh, hypersexualized. This one wasn't as much so far, but also I have questions about like, there were com- there's some confusion around like, Liv's motives because the way Lana responded also 
the way Liv responded after beating up Lana instead of just being like really hurt. And then Rusev, who I thought didn't really care about the whole situation, also popping up. So to me, they were like in cahoots to like, yeah, because make now, this ruse, which is know. now leads to the question because that's true. It almost seemed like maybe Liv said that on purpose, and it's not true. Or maybe right. there is some truth to it. We don't know yet. For a bad yeah. segment, left us with some questions. Why does Rusev still care? Everybody saw that cake and expected Rusev to pop out of it. That was once again one of the things that was popping off on Twitter and in my chat. Was like, come on, somebody's gonna pop out of that cake. And when Lana, when Liv came out, people kind of were like, is someone not popping out of that cake? And then obviously Rusev did. But the thing that I like about Rusev right now, and in that segment is it's almost as if like with his reactions of popping his head out and smiling that way and that cheesy it's like he knows this is all a joke too like damn this is all a joke and he's taking it as a joke maybe he was like helping live who knows to get back maybe he knew and he's like it's fine whatever i'll help you out lashley's eyebrows was its own problem um oh the makeup on oh, lashley getting alana was its own problem <laughs> does a lot i will say though one other thing though the difference back to like the lgbtq storyline thing yeah. the difference is if this was the <coughs> attitude era and live while Liv was walking down that ramp her promo would have been about like all the hot steamy nights we spent yeah. together but it wasn't it was like the support that you gave to me this year was amazing and our love and it was like very mature which is the way you should represent a gay storyline whether or not it's the the people acting it are gay or do not you it's think they dropped the ball with Liv because they were building up for a comeback with all these vignettes we didn't know how they were going to do it but involving her in this storyline do you think that's a problem no i think there's a way out of it and i, I think it is that like it was kind of like you know i no, because I, i'm impressed with what she did so yeah. i don't think it's ruined at all i think it's too early to tell but yeah I don't know, man. But I don't know. Maybe we'll get a second wedding because, you know, they didn't officially also, get married. that, they didn't that get fight married. was yeah. not a cat fight. That was brutal. Oh, yeah. She was throwing, throwing punches. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, Lana, Lana, once again, not a great actress. I'm still not feeling her with what she's doing. She's killing it. Um, for his, I mean, she, at, least, at least she has, like, she can hold the mic for a while. She's definitely on some, like, but she's when not Liv Stephanie came McMahon's out there, level, Liv outshined her on the mic when Liv came out there. Yes. Like, I mean, that's acting, because I believed it. <laughs> Lana tries to impersonate Stephanie McMahon. Maybe. You're not going to be Stephanie McMahon. So, you know, she she is definitely better than, like, your girl Salsa. Sorry. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> the Salsa mic, Banks better. is a G. And <laughs> speaking about Sasha Banks, let's move on to SmackDown quickly. I just really want to talk about the wedding, but the wedding was amazing. Um, so, so, Salsa Banks. First things first, I just want to share this little clip from uh, Russell Botch's page here on Instagram of uh, the Fox that totally butchering Sasha's name, calling her Sasha Shasha Shanks. Because <laughs> do you know who Sasha Shanks is? <laughs> How embarrassing is that? Um, anyways, talking about Sasha Shanks. How much more relevant is she than Bailey? Because Bailey's the champion, yet Sasha's in this like high. She's the champ. Yeah, still? yeah. Bailey's the <laughs> champ, and Sasha's in this feud with Lacey Evans, who I think initially was trying to go after the belt, but Sasha taunted her kid, and they had a tag match where Sasha and Bailey beat uh, Lacey Evans and Dana Brooke after uh, Lacey Evans did a quick interview on uh, Moment of Bliss. Shout out to Alexa Bliss. It's great having her back. But um, I still love the chemistry between Alexa and Nikki, but. I, this is just a quick question. There's not much to talk about, but do you also do you agree with me that Bailey seems so much more irrelevant than Sasha Banks right now? Sasha. I, yeah, this isn't even a question. Of course, we talked about this two shows ago when I was here. Yeah, but it's still of. a thing. 
Like it's still. Oh thing. yeah. I mean, oh, you want them in two shows, especially the one that's the end of a decade, to to give Bailey some time. Like let her <laughs> do crazy. something. She doesn't seem relevant at all. She has no feud that unless she's feuding Dana Brooke, it makes so no sense. Carmella, thank God, is picking up win after win. She's beaten Mandy, and then she beat Sonya Deville this week, and maybe they're leading to Carmella to go after Bailey. They've been having some back and forth on Twitter and stuff as well, and I love Carmella, and I'd love Carmella to go after Bailey, but I still think that the real issue is having Sasha and, and Bailey together. When Sasha came back in October or August or whenever the hell it was when she took her purple hair off and threw her blue hair, I was hyped, and she was hot. She was hot, as in, like, like who she was as a character like everyone was behind it even as though she was a heel people wanted to see her beat becky and win the belt that didn't yeah. happen okay cool when saw when bailey turned heel helping sasha beat a becky okay that was cool at first but pairing them back together for every episode since then it hasn't been cool i feel like yeah. they'll be doing their own separate things where bailey is under her own spotlight and sasha's under their own spotlight because when they're under the same spotlight sasha shines brighter than bailey <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself here, and I'm maybe mixing up what the rules are of some of these things. Go ahead. But there's no rules. The rumble is could play into this because I will probably talk about it. But I assume, let's just say, um, oh god, I've had no predictions for the women's rumble. No, but I mean, the obvious person from NXT that's going to come up. Why am I blanking? Rhea Ripley, or no. Shayna Baszler. Shayna, Shayna Baszler, say she wins whatever. I just, for some reason, popped in my head like that's someone that I could actually think make Bailey look better and more same legitimate. Time, if Shayna comes up, you would assume, and I, I actually did actually. That's a lot because I did predict a couple weeks ago Devin that Shayna Baszler could be someone who could win the Rumble. Um, mm-hmm. But if Shayna's coming up, she's going for Becky because Becky's yeah, on this thing of trying to beat people she's never beat. She never beat Oscar. She beats Oscar at the Rumble. She's never beat Shayna. Sh- and it's Shayna, just a simple, like, I could beat another champ on the way to Becky. Like, it's as simple as that. I know, but WrestleMania is so soon around the corner. Like, she needs to go after Becky. Because Becky technically doesn't, I don't know anyone that's an opponent for Becky yet. Shayna Baszler. That's Charlotte it. again. I no, don't know. And Charlotte's dope, but that's another thing. We'll talk about that really, too. Like, Charlotte had a match with Natalia on Raw, and it was a great match. But, man, does Charlotte feel so, like, uninterested in what she's doing right now. She came out there. She announced that she's in the Rumble, which is, like, okay. We, I think we all already assumed she was going to be in the Rumble. Yeah. Then she it, doesn't feel hungry anymore, which I'm okay with. Well, she, I think it's because she's not really doing anything that's really super relevant. But it comes yeah. off as you can tell. It's like she's kind of lost her vibe. Like, she doesn't know she's a heel, a babyface, which she is a heel. But like, it doesn't feel like she's so heelish. She's not technically chasing after the title, which is weird for Charlotte. And she's I feel not like she's a babyface right now. She's a, she's a heel, but she's not in a feud either. I don't is know. Is she? Well, the last time but she was kind of feeling No, when she them. announced she's going to be in the Rumble, everyone was cheering. And she has been teaming with Becky in the last couple of months against the Kabuki Warriors. I, I so feel like she's, she's in this be- weird place. I feel like she's starting to be the only person in this era of wrestling that actually resembles like a golden era wrestler. Maybe. She and she's is already her established. Now. <laughs> she's already established. Like, she's already a first ballot Hall of Famer in her four or five year career. Yeah. <laughs> Six year career. I'm okay with that. We need we. She's like the Roman. It's it's okay. But okay. I think we need her to be more relevant. But I think people also are, are like it's this weird period where like people are kind of tired of seeing her in the title picture and being the main mm. woman because she has been for so many years, and mm-hmm. they want Becky to run with it. But also there aren't there aren't those many women on the Raw roster that I can think of off the top of my head. There's Natalia, there's Charlotte, and there's Becky. Who else is on the Raw roster? The Kabuki Warriors I would consider on both shows because they're the tag champs. 
Well, on SmackDown, you have Sasha, you have Bailey, you have Lacey Evans, you have Carmella. I'll never know. You have all these talented women on SmackDown, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, that could all be contenders for the women's title. One Raw, I, I'm, I feel like I'm, every time I talk about Raw, I'm like, who else is on there? I'm so confused. Yeah, but that doesn't apply anymore, right? Can't they? I, I will never know who. I mean, maybe like three years ago, I knew, I knew no. who was on what show, yeah, they, but they, I will they, never they did know. A, they did an official draft where people kind of jump back and forth, so it's, it's confusing. No, but I thought they, they Vince like had that rule, and then the rule no longer The rule applied. got scrapped, so there's no wild card yeah, anymore. so they can go wherever they, they want. They can't, no. The rule got scrapped. No, when they, they did can the do whatever no. they want. <laughs> the rule got scrapped after the last draft, but yeah, I don't know. Anyways, I hope Charlotte. Oh, congratulations to Charlotte and Andrade, who just got engaged, though. Shout out to both of them. Mm-hmm. Tranquilo to the both of them now, <laughs> now that they will eventually <laughs> be married, and Andrade will join the Flair family. Um, uh, let's go. Other things that happened on SmackDown that I want to get your quick response on: Braun dancing. How'd you feel about it? I thought it was silly at first. I wasn't down with it, but realistically, what I realized is that Braun Strowman can do stupid things and still be a monster when he wants to be. He's one of the rare people that can. A lot of people are like, yes. oh, they're killing Braun. Braun's dead, but Braun has done so he's many been, dumb things. He's been dead though. Yeah, for he's a done minute. so many dumb things, like winning a t- tag titles with a child or. The fun yeah. stuff he did with Alexa. Like, if anything about the Braun Strowman character, we know that he can be fun, but if he wants to kick your ass, he can. So it's okay. I really hope they bring Nicholas back in the crowd to just, like, give give Braun a little fist pump. One of these days, right? One of these days. I also think um, that um, I don't want Braun hanging out the New Day too much, though, because I don't want this to be a frequent thing. But if back in the day regular superstars could dance with their Kishi and Too Cool like the Hardy Boys did and the Dudley Boys did and Chris Jericho and Kurt Angle and all these legitimate stupid stars used to do back in the Attitude Era why can't Braun Strowman dance with the New Day? I'm all about silliness in wrestling that's yeah. the joy of it like everyone taking it so seriously is the, is what the, the buzz killing wrestling. It, <laughs> wrestling dude and I realized that a lot over this holiday season as I'm like I think adult fans ruin wrestling because they take it too seriously including like I, well, I'm doing a whole show about wrestling but like sometimes we take it too seriously and we analyze it so much that we forget that we're just supposed to be entertained by it and it's not yeah. even about us because first things first the WWE knows that whether we like it or not or we complain or not we're going to continue watching it so they really don't care about us <laughs> Not that like they don't that, care about us, but we're the least of their concern. They care about the people that are trying to get watch, trying to get to watch a show, and just, new fans, and children. Kill. They're trying to get the children, and they're trying to get new fans. And they do stupid things like that wedding because new fans and children will find it amazing, whereas adults are like, what the hell's going on here? But, but And you want that magic. It's like if you ever see a kid at Disney World walk up to like one of the members in costume, you're just like, oh, that's innocent and wholesome and pure and i want to feel like that and that's what wrestling provides us they don't ruin it dude in the flip chat no 110 <laughs> percent. like and and then and I'm, I'm gonna be a fan whether it's good or bad so why am i gonna sit there and trash it those things i don't like there'll be things i'll comment about and be like this wasn't good or i would have done it this but way. i'll this make is my fun opinion. of it this is just my opinion but i'll never stop watching a trash wrestling or say like you know Vince McMahon needs to step down or any of that. Who am I to say any of that? Like, you know, like it's, it's a fun show. Speaking about fun stuff, like little things. I enjoy little things like Braun dancing. I enjoy little things like Braun's, uh, uh, Baron King Corbin's people carrying his caravan dropped him when Roman Reigns' music hit. Like that. I thought weird. that was supposed to happen. It was funny. No, and I think it was supposed to happen, but it was okay. funny. Like, you know, it was unexpected. It we want to see him get dropped. Yeah, so it that's reminded what they me. Gave us. It's like when Jerry Lawler got dropped back in like 1994 off his caravan and Macho Man Randy Savage was losing his shit on commentary it's entertaining stuff and he's a bad guy and it's funny to see those things happen to him um roman reigns man this is my favorite roman reigns and once again i've never been one of those guys that hates roman reigns and he's been one of those guys that have been trashed for years now but my favorite roman reigns is the one that doesn't talk that often isn't cutting promos every week but it's just a badass that is kicking ass and that's what he's been doing with baron corbin 
Like, he's not cutting 20-minute promos. He's not trying to be funny or trying to be John Cena on the mic. He's being Roman Reigns, a badass Samoan that if he needs to talk, he's a man of few words, but he's here to kick your ass. <laughs> and I like what he's yeah. been doing. This is my favorite like Roman Reigns. Kane, but Pardon? more words. But kind of like, it's like Kane, but with yeah. a really, really attractive face. No, 100%. And, and <laughs> you know, and speaking about, you know, wrestling being for the kids and stuff, I got to do a really cool thing for a couple of kids over this holiday that break. That was so cute. Uh, and I got them to meet Roman Reigns, uh, you know, Steven's wrestling journey. Follow him on Instagram and YouTube and Twitter or wherever else you guys want to follow him. His little kid who's gone through two brain surgeries, his little brother's autistic and the biggest Roman Reigns fan. Um, I reached out to the WWE after Nug reached out to me showing me uh, Steven's video, asking to get his little brother to meet Roman Reigns at a live event in Toronto that took place on December 28th. And I reached out to the WWE with that video and the information and uh, shout out to the social media guys at the WWE that made it happen, um, Nikki and Matt, but uh, I'm happy for them. But my point being is uh, it's really cool that, you know, for kids, they don't care, man. They don't see the storylines and the characters and the angles. They just enjoy the show and Roman Reigns is his favorite. And I remember what wrestling superstars used to mean to me when I was a kid. I cried when I met Bret Hart when I was six, like Macho Man and Bret Hart and Undertaker. Those are my heroes, man. So, I always wanted to meet them when I was a kid, so I was really glad I was able to do that for these kids and just enjoy the show, man, because it's really about them. It's really not about us complaining on the internet. I almost like cried. Or, like. I did cry. I pretty much cried two years ago when I met Billy Gunn. So yeah, I you see. know what I mean. <laughs> like the little kid in me understands what those kids are going through when they have to meet their hero, and they've also had a tough childhood. And if I can do more things like that, I'm more than happy to. That was really cool. But talking about Roman reminded me of that, and I just want everyone to go follow Steven's wrestling journey. Um, he's a kid from Toronto. And he wants to start interviewing wrestlers and doing stuff. He goes to all the local wrestling events there. He meets all the wrestlers from the local wrestling events and from Impact. And I told him to just start doing his interviews and have fun with it and chase his goals and dreams because he's a good kid, man. And I'm very glad that worked out for them. And Roman Reigns is the man. I posted videos and pictures from the meet and greet that he did with them. And it will really make your heart smile if you have any heart at all. <laughs> Other than that, it's a, test. it's a test. Yeah, if it doesn't make you happy inside, then you might need to go see a psychiatrist <laughs> or a therapist. I don't know which one. Um, other things, Otis, Mandy, and Ziggler. How do you feel about that? I was so happy for Otis and Mandy, and I'm like, oh, Ziggler has to be that jerk that comes and ruins it. Automatically I, got heat with me. You know, I have not been a fan of Otis until this storyline. I thought he was... I just remember the stuff with Alexa Bliss, and I was like, super creepy, do not like. Um, this is way more tender and cute, so... Mostly because even Mandy being a heel is showing some sort of, like, love or compassion <laughs> or empathy for Otis. Like, she has... She's not, like, likes him or anything, but she's, like, she, like, she you know... She admires how much he admires her, maybe. I don't know. You know what it reminds me of when... On the office, that new HR woman thought that Kevin had special needs, so <laughs> yeah. she was like treating him. Like that. Yeah, I do. I do remember. <laughs> that is what Mandy is treating Otis like. She's like, "Well, Otis made it for me, so I'm gonna." Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like they like they have this weird friendship, and obviously Otis Otis has had a crush on Mandy Rose since months now. We've seen all over social media. I think they took what was happening on social media as Otis just like making the storyline himself and putting it on tv now which is great because those hardcore fans love that and i think mm. smackdown raw feels like it caters to like the casual fans and has your big stars on there and that's what you're gonna get smackdown feels like it kind of does cater more to the hardcore fans and nxt is like for the hardcore hardcore fan but um mm. i like the whole uh, otis manny thing ziggler got heat with me right away when he when he dropped the cake and was breaking otis's heart and trying to i mean i'm like yeah. oh look at this he's like that 
good-looking jock guy that comes in and is like, why are you talking to the fat guy? Oh, yeah. I've said it so many times before, but with Zig- with that jawline, Ziggler can only be a heel in my eyes. Every time they try <laughs> and make him a baby face, I'm like, no, look at his jawline. And it's believable he is, that he'd he be like that. He every person in high school hated. <laughs> like, that, he has to play that out. He's got a Gaston from um, Beauty and the, the Beast. Beast jawline. Come on. Yeah, so I want Otis to whip Ziggler's ass. The only thing that I'm going to say, and uh, somehow... All of the storyline with Otis, Mandy, and Ziggler is going to create some tension between Sonya and Mandy because it already seems like there was some tension between them because like, Mandy wasn't out there for Sonya's match last week, so Sonya wasn't out there for Mandy's match this week, and they're like, what's going on? He seems so distracted. I mean, if Otis liking Mandy and Ziggler trying to take Mandy from Otis leads to Sonya confessing her love for Mandy, we got a storyline. I feel like people are going to be like, this is redundant now. <laughs> But you know they could still get it in there somehow if you go that way. And the yeah. and the only person that really loses in this whole situation is Tucker Knight, who's Otis's tag team partner, who has nothing to do with nothing right now. But then maybe Liv shows up, and Sonya's like, "Well, okay." And then Mandy gets jealous. That's what? <laughs> no, that's too much. Anyways, so much. That's what I think about that. We were talking about Mello winning. I'm happy that Mello keeps picking up wins. Mello's money. She's still got Pyro. I don't know. what. It seems like they got big plans for her. And whatever plans they have for her, I'm on board with because I'm a huge Carmella fan. She's the best. Um, Daniel Bryan versus The Fiend. Royal Rumble this year. They kept postponing the triple threat match between King Corbin, Bryan, and um, Miz to name the number one contender because stuff kept happening. I thought that was a really smart way to keep people tuned into the two-hour show of SmackDown because you want to see the results of that match. And they gave it to us at the end where Bryan won. Uh, Roman came and took Corbin out of the match. Came down to Brian and the Miz. Brian won. It's Brian versus the Fiend at the Rumble. This is a rematch from 2013 War Rumble or 2014 War Rumble. Uh, the 2014 War Rumble where they had a banger. Um, you know, the Fiend says that you know he hasn't forgotten, uh, but he never really elaborates what he hasn't forgotten that Brian did to him. But finally, on social media and Instagram specifically, Bray Wyatt wrote a big caption about. How this is a rematch from 2014, and you know Brian was on the top of the world then, and he beat him and went to achieve such great success. But now it's his turn. I'm like, oh, so he progressed and further developed the storyline on social media rather than them giving us this information on television. Thank you, Bray Wyatt, because I've been wondering what the hell he hasn't forgotten for like two months now, and it's good. What now we know what the fiend hasn't forgotten. That's Brian's defeat over him years ago and having all this glory when it should have been his time, and now it's his time. So. It's a very straightforward reason from someone that usually I think has very convoluted reasons. Yeah, and it's, I know it's easy for people to figure out themselves and come up with the, that answer themselves, huh. but it's nice to get the explanation from someone in the angle to kind of be like... You well, never know what Bray Wyatt's going to come up yeah, with, and it's also so like, it could have been something wild. They've also been saying, oh, he hasn't forgotten for, since like before TLC or whenever they had that match. Before TLC, it was Survivor Series. I'm like, since November, you guys have been saying, oh, he hasn't forgotten, but I think it's about time you tell us what he hasn't forgotten because... You just keep saying the same promo over and over again. That's one thing that I sometimes hate about Bray Wyatt. The old Bray Wyatt was promos would get really redundant. We'd be saying the same thing over and over and over again, and they didn't make sense. At least now he's trying to make sense of what he's saying because clearly the people in WWE don't want him to make sense of what he's saying. I don't know. That's it for SmackDown. (laughs) (laughs) Raw, Aleister and Murphy, another banger. Enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, Huge fan of both guys. Obviously, I'm a huge Aleister Black fan. I brought up in the flick chat chat that we need to have Aleister Black and Brock Lesnar. Personally, I just think that needs to happen eventually. Um, there's not many people I want to see Brock Lesnar face anymore, but Aleister Black is on that short list. Um, but the only question I have is where do both these guys go from here? 
I'm glad they didn't do a 50-50 Brooklyn letting Murphy win. Alistair got the win again in a very competitive battle where Murphy comes out looking strong even though he lost, which is a really he rare thing He was dominating. That's a rare thing. Only so many times it's happened where someone loses a match and they still look strong after. One of the best guys to ever do that was Machman. He lost so many matches, but after his matches, he like, looks great after. He looks like he got over too. A greatest example of that is WrestleMania 7 when he fought the Ultimate Warrior and he lost. But at the end of the match, he was still praising the Macho Man because, you know, he got back with Elizabeth and he still got over and whatnot. But my point is, Murphy got over. He did dominate a lot of that match. What do, I don't know what these guys are going to do from moving forward. Where does Alistair go now? Where does Murphy go? I don't want Murphy to be forgotten. I don't, I don't know. But for once, I'm like, I'm kind of excited to see what they do. I think because they're not really attached to anything, both of those characters, yeah. they're really not attached to much. They've been lone wolves most of the time that... There's so many options. I still want him to Buddy Murphy to get rid of those shorts, but that's about it. Yeah, I, I don't mind the shorts, but <laughs> my thing is this: like, there's a lot of things that are already booked for next week's Raw. We got, um, and one of those things is because everyone already seems tied up. Like, obviously, Andrade is a U.S. champ, and he's killing it as a U.S. champ. Um, he had a solid match this week against Ricochet. Um, who Ricochet's voice? Can we talk about Ricochet's promo voice? No, can we not? Can we for a second? How do you no. feel about Ricochet's? Voice? I love Ricochet. He's a Hell of a talent, great wrestler, but he's not the greatest promo guy. And someone in our flick chat. No, 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 no. He's a robot. That's what he's good at. He's good at doing insane things. He, yeah, he's like Neville. Pac, sorry. He's like Neville in WWE, but when Neville talked, you were like, no, don't. So but that's Neville in WWE. Even worse. But Neville in WWE felt that way. Pac in AEW feels like a whole different guy. Yeah, 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 100%, 100%. So maybe it's just the script that they're giving Ricochet. Maybe he's just remembering the script and it no, comes off like a robot. we've seen old stuff of Ricochet. I think he's just I just think like, he has a funny voice. Don't get me wrong. I might have a funny voice too. I'm not saying in a discriminative way. I just think his voice... And I think he's just a very type A personality. I think he's one of the most type A people you could like... The and you can't take his voice seriously. A. If he threatened me, I wouldn't be like... I wouldn't take it. If I saw Ricochet cutting a promo on Brock Lesnar, I would... If Brock Lesnar got, ever got scared, I'd be like, this is fake. This is like... How you? This guy does not sound like someone intimidating at all. Yeah, I, I've never really cared for his personality either way. I'm just like he does really impressive things. He is a robot. I am impressed. He's a hell of a video game wrestler. He's you know he's He's crisp as hell. Him, AJ Styles, is a couple of video game wrestlers. Yes, everything they do looks so crisp, and they're so fun. Like the the high flyers and do all these amazing things in ring, and we refer to them as video game wrestlers, not in a negative way. It just they look like they're in a video game. Yeah, I yeah. think you said that to me first about AJ Styles one time, and that's why I came up with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said AJ Styles reminds you of a video game, and I'm like, yeah, because it just doesn't. It's just like flawless. So yeah, flawless and crisp, and, and and like, how did you do that? And I feel yeah. Um, Is that a segue you're doing? No, right now? but my point by was bringing up AJ Styles. Not, not yet. My point, kind of though, because <laughs> but before we get to AJ Styles in that segment. Andrade is in this angle with Ricochet kind of, kind of with Humberto. He's facing Rey Mysterio next week. He's United States champion, okay? He has all these things going on. So Alistair and Murphy definitely aren't going after him. <laughs> he has so many things going on. Um, so where do they go? Brock Lesnar's scheduled to appear next week. Nobody knows who Brock Lesnar's facing. Could he be confronted by Alistair Black? I'd be down with that. I mean, it's a Royal Rumble match. It could be a banger. But the only problem with that is that we know that Black's not going to win. That ends that undefeated streak of Black. Do we want that to happen yet? Mm, I don't have the answers, okay? (laughs) Or if we have, like, Lesnar versus Murphy versus Black in a triple threat, which I know seems so out of left field, but wouldn't that just be great? Because you could have a triple threat, but instead of having Black take the fall, Murphy does, but we still get a banger. 
Question. Yes. What's on the line here? The WWE Championship. Who has it? Brock Lesnar, who's never oh, on yeah, TV. Still. He's never on yeah, TV. Yeah, that's why you so don't, don't know. know. <laughs> the U.S. title became the most relevant title, but Andrade is feuding with four guys. So I love Andrade. I love Zelina, but they're busy. So I don't see Alistair or Murphy going after the United States title yet. So that only leaves Brock, who has nothing to do with nothing. AJ, I mean, uh, AJ Styles is too busy with Randy Orton. Um, Seth Rollins and AOP are too busy with Kevin Owens and Samoa Joe, and I'm guessing eventually Rey Mysterio. So those guys are all busy. Brock doesn't really have any contenders on Raw unless someone like Ricochet steps up, Humberto steps up, or Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy. I, uh, I think that triple threat would be great, and Murphy takes a fall. And Brock keeps the title. Alistair doesn't technically lose. I'm we, on board. Book it. But book we it, get a, Justin. It's probably not going to happen. But if that's it. my fantasy booking. And I think it's good to go because you can protect Alistair. Murphy can show us why he's one of the best again. And Brock can keep the belt. And, and it, it gets us okay. away, It gets us through Royal Rumble. And then we'll see what happens at Mania. And it doesn't really make Buddy look that bad if Brock beats him because Brock beats everybody. Yeah. And back to my main point, Buddy so far has proven that he's one of those guys, whether it's against Roman. I think he beat Daniel Bryan, but whether it's against Roman, mm. whether it's against Bryan, whether it's against uh, Aleister Black, he can make himself look good, whether he wins or loses. Yeah, I agree. I'm into it. Now I want... See, this is the problem. I hate your fantasy... I literally hate your fantasy games because I never happen, and I get you would convince me that, like, oh, that's going to happen, and you make me excited but about it's it, so and good, it right? never takes place. Imagine... Black and then taking Lesnar out Bobby of the match. Bobby Lashley <laughs> with Lana at ringside against Brock Lesnar. And I'm like, damn it, Justin. That better not be the case. Three-way. Watch it end up being like Bobby Lashley versus Rusev <laughs> versus Brock Lesnar instead. I'm like, why is this a thing? I'm so mad. But this is so like, Can you just imagine Aleister Black hitting the black mass on Brock Lesnar where he's knocked out? Paul Heyman's losing his mind. This leaves Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy, the two guys in the Oh, ring. I miss Paul. You think one of these two guys are going to win the belt because Brock Lesnar got knocked out of the black mass. They're going at it. Out of nowhere, Brock comes back into the match, and he still ends up winning. And everyone's like, oh, we're so close to having a new champion. Brock was knocked the F out from the black mass. You need but- to stop talking. Why? Stop it. <laughs> Paul Heyman's losing his mind trying to get Brock. And Brock, also, you've d- Brock, also get now, I, now I feel like I can officially blame you because you've told the whole end of the match. So now I even booked the finish. So then, his listening is like, then well, you now have we Brock, can't do it. Because now you have Brock knocked out. And in that time that Brock's knocked out, it's just Buddy Murphy and Aleister Black. And in your mind, but you believe... You believe so one of these. Happen. You believe that one of these guys are going to win the belt. And we get a couple of close calls. Like, oh my god, buddy, almost won. Oh my god, because now the commentators are going off. Like, you realize that Brock doesn't need to be pinned to lose the belt here. Because and Brock is like knocked outside of the ring. But then out of nowhere, I agree. Because besides those two, the only other person I can think of where I'd be like really surprised and excited that like, oh, we have a new champion that's never been champion before would be um, Andrade. Probably, yeah. I can't think of anyone else that you would say where I'd be like excited that they're gonna be going up against for the for the title. So then, so, yeah. next you know, like uh, Alistair Black hits a black mass on Buddy Murphy, about to go for the cover, turns around, Brock Lesnar's back in the wing, F five, Alistair Black rolls to the outside, Brock gets mad, picks up Buddy Murphy, hits him with F five, one two three, match over. So wait, this would be at the Rumble. The Rumble. How amazing would that be? Do you know how angry I'm going to be if I'm sitting in the crowd <laughs> in Houston and Lashley is the new champion? It's <laughs> not going to happen. Brock's taking that belt to WrestleMania without a doubt, but they need something to do with the Rumble. Hopefully, he's just not off the card. Talking about the other stuff, uh, KO and Samoa Joe make a badass team to take on these two guys. It's almost believe, and it is believable that KO and Samoa Joe 
could take on Seth Rollins AOP by themselves. But obviously the odds are going to come against him. I do think Rey Mysterio is going to get back in the mix because they did attack him as well. After Rey Mysterio loses to Andrade next week or it ends in DQ or something, he'll join Kevin Owens and Joe to face off against AOP and Seth Rollins. Do you agree? Sure. Those, I, I can't... Like, you know, I can't fantasy book. So it's like, whatever you say, I'm like, yeah, that's Joe's a badass. KO brings this comedy, comedic relief in their tag team because Joe gets all serious. But I really like Joe on commentary. Can he not stop doing that? He has to. His thumb's better. He was only on there because he broke his thumb. Also, can we, someone who's listening to this out there in the interweb, can someone explain to me? Because maybe I missed it. Maybe you guys put it in my comment section or something. I don't know. um, Why Seth Rollins is wearing one black glove? Did he hurt his hand too or something? He, like, is he Michael Jackson? He's wearing one black glove. No idea why. It's pretty cool though. I like it, but I just want to know why. <laughs> I'm a Seth Rollins fan. Now that he's back to heel, he has some character again because the babyface Rollins was getting very dorky and blah. And yeah. heel, heel Rollins being a dork makes sense because it's heel Rollins. And I dig it. Um, yeah. I like him with AOP as his henchman. Um it was believable that Joe could take out AOP by himself. It made Joe look strong. Um, Owens flipping off the top. Uh, you know, I and CM Punk put out a tweet saying, I really wish that people would stop standing there waiting for somebody to jump on them, which it's kind of true. That's a thing that happens a lot these days, but it was a good little visual. Um, shout out to those guys. Uh, I'm looking for they, they really didn't do much on Raw besides the opening segment, and they all got kicked out of the building, which I almost thought we'd see them again, but we had a wedding to attend, so... Um, oh, yeah, they happened. said they were both going to leave on their own. Well, those two left, weird. and then Seth guys got kicked out, too, and then that was the end of their whole thing. Oh, what about, is it Rowan? Yeah, him in his cage. I don't know. I don't care. Someone said Baby Yoda was going to be under it. That's not true. That <laughs> was a be. joke. No, I know it was a joke. <laughs> they don't have licensing for that. <laughs> Come on. I don't know. But I thought it was funny. Yeah, so no, I it was. It was funny. There was actually it. some funny things that people said in that Flick Chat group. Once again, join But Flick what Chat. is it? And what is he doing? And how come he didn't show up at the wedding? I thought he was gonna. I, oh, that's another thing I want to point out about the wedding, though. I'm like, if they really wanted to make it that long, and I know they went to overrun, they went like 15 minutes over the three hours. But man, they should have just had guests come out that all started leaving one by one every time Lana started talking. Oh my god, yeah, there was no one in the seats. They should have had people I remember come seeing there. it, and I was, I was like, who's going to be like attending the yeah. wedding? That would have been so I get funny. it's funny because like, nobody attended, but it also would have been funny if people showed up and then they all just started Or like if three people attended, and it yeah. was like the people we never get to see on TV. Who's on the roster that we never get to see? I don't know, man. Like, I think Zach Ryder guys got squashed by somebody. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. Who did they get squashed? Oh, Drew McIntyre and his new sexy Scotsman thing. Oh, that, yeah, that is not He's my favorite. He's a baby thing. face now? I like I said, I said before in, in Flick Chat, it's like, we. it's implied that he's sexy. Like, we can see him. It, it, it's better if someone else, like, on commentary calls him that or someone backstage. Yeah. Poor Zack Ryder or, and Kurt Hawkins, though, just got squashed. I like Drew McIntyre, though. He's a guy that can go after Brock. Well, there you go. There's someone I didn't even think about. My whole Alistair what? Black, Buddy Murphy thing might be canned because Drew McIntyre goes after Brock Lesnar. No, Justin, no. And it doesn't seem that appealing because they've booked Drew McIntyre so poorly the past year that that could happen, but it seems so pointless. I'd rather see Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy, but Drew McIntyre is a contender. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, whatever. Um, also, uh, Orton, his fake retirement. Uh, I don't know if they watched the Mark Henry promo from earlier this year, but they tried to do another whole fake retirement. I, was, I watched it. I watched it. I was in Flick Chat. I watched it. Yeah, they got me. I actually thought he was injured. I, I bought it. I no, I knew as it. soon as, as AJ came out, we said this, like, as soon as AJ came out, we are like, oh, nah. He wouldn't, if he was actually injured and this was, like, a very sad moment, like, Edge, we wouldn't be 
No, 100%. Feeling I mean, like, way? prior to Monday Night Raw, when I saw the video from the live oh, show. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I posted about it in the morning on Monday. I I, I honestly assumed he was injured. People said Dave Meltzer reported that it's a storyline. I said, listen, Dave Meltzer's been wrong before, but I hope he's right. Yeah. And, I, and I'm like, God, he was right. So shout out to Dave Meltzer for being right about that, that it was a part of a storyline because... <laughs> uh, um, yeah, but I feel like AJ should have come out and, like, shook his... I mean, AJ's so good at being the, like... <sighs> hometown boy yeah. honesty thing like he should have just shook his hand and blah 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 it was no mark henry retirement no no thing, it wasn't for sure but they kind because of tried to do the they came out you knew yeah and then they kind of took away from the moment when he when there was a heel turn it and was, he hit that rko it was dope um the one thing yeah. i'll say about it and orton having making it seem like he's had a hard time getting in the ring he played it perfectly he's a, a legend he's a goat though i'm gonna be that guy again for a second though the reason why I think I enjoyed it more than other people is because even though you told me that Dave Meltzer reported that there was a storyline, I was still on the fence about it. I which, didn't tell you that. No, that, I don't that, know no, what that people reports. commented oh, okay. and I think that Meltzer said it was a storyline. I was still on the fence on, on it. Like it could not be a storyline. Could and it made me enjoy it more when I found out it wasn't because it really wasn't spoiled for me. So my point being is when you spoil things for yourself and you read things like the newsletter, you listen to Dave Meltzer and he reports these things and then you watch and you're like, oh, that wasn't even that good. It was because you already let yourself know what was going to happen I i'd rather know. go in there I, I mean i'd rather go aj in there. spoiled it for me yeah no, AJ I just mean, like, i'd rather go into me. i'd rather go into a show not knowing anything so i can enjoy that segment for what it ends up being than being like oh but it's already been reported that he's not actually injured so i already yeah. know what's gonna like that's I'm, so lame surprise yourself <laughs> no that's true because i then had to go i thought it was real up until the moment aj came 100%, out and then i was like here. wait is it and so then i was same like here. waiting like and i was like sorting it out in my brain as it was happening so, yeah, for sure. No, same here. I thought it was real until AJ came out, even though people told me that it wasn't. I'm like, I'm going to still sit here and believe that it is because uh, I've convinced myself after listening to a bazillion podcasts that Conrad produces that um, Meltzer can be wrong. <laughs> so uh, they like, want you to believe. Yeah. So I'm like, let's have him be wrong a little bit. And uh, he wasn't, which I'm glad he wasn't. But like the fact that I went into thinking like, oh, he could be wrong. I still enjoyed the segment as if like I didn't know at all. Um, other than that. Next week, the tight team titles on the line, Street Profits versus the Viking Raiders versus the OC. Uh, shout out to Street Profits. They're extremely entertaining. I don't think they should have done the second promo after their match where they talked about multi-universes because it seemed like they were kind of like tired from their match and you know Angelo Dawkins was kind of losing his words about it and stuff and it got a little confusing. Oh. But the match was great. The promo would have been great if it was done maybe before the match. And I love them singing the OC theme song because I grew up watching the OC. Yeah, Seth, yeah. Ryan, Marissa, and Summer. If they weren't. They didn't really. That's a Phantom Planet song, and I love Phantom yeah, Planet. Yeah, Phantom Planet. Swordsman was the drummer. Yeah, but that they didn't do a great job of that. But I do. No, they were really, really like off Dawson. Beat. They were off. I like Dawson. Dawkins. Yeah, they were off beat. Yeah. Dawkins. Yeah. Angela Dawkins. Not Dawson. You're right. Yeah. Dawkins. I like how he like breaks the fourth wall and looks at the camera a lot. It's real funny. No, both of them. They're great. They're honestly, they're standouts for sure. Um, they make raw fun, a hundred percent. They're just it's, they're a good vibe, man. They're a good time. Um, and talking about a good time this week, AEW Dynamite was not bad. Their first show of twenty twenty was not bad. Um, it wasn't. Before we talk about all the good stuff, there is one flaw that somebody pointed out to me this week that totally flew over my head. It actually pointed out to me today, but it totally flew over my head. Is they did all this stuff with Brandy Rhodes in the Dark Order last week, and the Dark Order ended the show attacking everybody, and there was no Brandy Rhodes or Dark Order on this episode. And I don't know. If that's the reason why it was better, <laughs> someone commented that on your on one of your po- on your yeah. wrap up post, and I commented below. I was like, because they said like, you know, there was no Dark Order and there was no Brandy Rhodes, and that's what made it good. And I was like, I really wish I didn't believe what I didn't 
agree with you so much, but I think I do. Brandy uh, Rose thing really isn't good to me. The Dark Order stuff, they started making better with these vignettes they were doing. Last week's attack was kind of whatever, but not to follow up on the attack, attack hurts the Dark Order. For Brandy, I think Brandy not being on TV was a good thing, to be honest with you. But with the yeah. Dark Order thing, like I think not following up with the attack, not even with a vignette or a promo from them, saying this is why we did this last week, without nothing, it was kind of bad. They should have done something. Yeah. I mean, I don't like them, so I don't care. <laughs> I, don't, I did dislike them for the whole first period that they were here, but since they started doing these little video packages about joining the cult and the whatever, I'm like, oh, this kind of developing into something I can get behind. And I got behind it. Then they attacked everyone last week. And I'm like, I didn't like the attack. I thought it was kind of, I just wasn't a fan of it yet, but I'm like, okay, let's see what happens with it. And nothing happened with it this week. Absolutely nothing. Not even a promo. Maybe there's something on YouTube I haven't seen yet because AEW is notorious for doing stuff on YouTube that you don't see on TV and was supposed to somehow follow mm. YouTube at the same time. When, to be honest with you, even myself, sometimes not every week sits on. Like, there's weeks. I can go weeks without going on YouTube, to be honest. You know what's weird? Do you <laughs> remember, like, two summers ago or maybe even a year ago at this point when, like, I felt so deprived of, of fun wrestling storylines that I would wait for being the elite to come out yeah and like as soon as it came out i would watch it and be like oh i need more no that's or true because I, I watch it but now i stopped watching too being much. the elite maybe a, a while ago i stopped watching being the elite <laughs> before like wrestle kingdom something then you got me back into it because you're like being the elite this being the elite that so i started watching them again up until like AEW. And up until like, i just haven't watched for the last couple of weeks to be honest last two three weeks maybe the last month i've missed the being the elites i think it started to fall off for me when they had the segments with Sammy. <laughs> Probably Sammy. Oh. No, I still watch that. Speaking about Sammy, though, let's, let's start about let's, let's just get through AEW and call this a show. Uh, speak because NXT was just a recap show and they gave it awards. Sammy, Guevara, um, um, calling out. They, the one thing AEW did really well on this week was using their commercial times. Like, you know, when they had the two screen commercial things to actually have something going That's on. That's when that segment was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they actually, because in the past weeks, they'd go to commercial and they do the split thing, split screen thing. And sometimes it'll just be like visuals of the crowd and stuff. And I, I've, I've been funny. saying for weeks, I'm making in my notes that AEW is really bad at using this commercial split screen thing for a notable moments. So this week, the, it was either during a match that they went to commercial and they had a split screen or Sammy was doing a little card thing during the split screen thing. And he said it was for his vlog. So first things first, shout out to Sammy Guevara for that is pretty clever. Calling. But isn't it? I, isn't it also? It was a nod to I think the movie's Love Actually, right? Oh yeah, maybe yeah, yeah. But he does this regularly. He's actually done this card thing a couple of times. It's pretty funny. And he does it on his vlog, and he did it uh, saying, you know, John Moxie, give us your answer. Then he at the end of it said something about um, Dustin Rhodes, but in the middle he called out Victoria Justice's sister, <laughs> showing off his Twitter handle and his Instagram handle, saying, "Hit me up." And I don't know about you guys. For a very long time, I've had a crush on Victoria Justice. I think she's gorgeous. Um, but her sister's really pretty, too. And it's funny because he's like Victor Victoria's Justice's sister, not with her actual name and stuff. And it was like a joke. But I posted on my page, and I also uh, posted them this morning on my page. And I also DM'd both of them, trying to send them the video. And I also DM'd Melanie Iglesias, who's friends of Victoria Justice, who I also talk to myself personally, and opens my DMs and has, I mean, like sees my DMs because we've talked. It sounds like a loser saying opens my DMs. We talk, so she sees my DMs. And um, I sent her the videos and stuff too. And uh, she saw it. But I'm just hoping that uh, Madison, Victoria Justice's sister, Madison uh, Reed, aka Madison Grace on Instagram, and Victoria Justice, either one of them see it because I think it's really funny. Um, I told Sammy, and Sammy's like, uh, it was just for his vlog. And he has a girlfriend, and his girlfriend's getting mad. Sorry about that. But um, <laughs> not to kill Kayfabe here, I just want Madison to see it or Victoria to see it because I think if they respond, that would be money. 
So I hope they respond. You're going to get him in trouble. But I looked it up to make sure because I just saw the clip and it looks like the whole, he like completely spoofed the entire scene from Love Actually. No, probably. He did a whole thing. Because it's a Christmas movie. Yeah, so, yeah. But yeah. first he was like, hey, John Moxley, what's your answer? Let us know. And then yeah, he yeah, yeah, more yeah, cards yeah. And he said, like, hey, Victoria Justice Secret. There's even like Justice a doorway. There was like a doorway with a reason. No, I, I've, I've watched Love Actually. I know the whole card thing. I actually have never seen it. I've, watched, I've seen it. <laughs> but I know the whole I've card thing with, with Kara Knightley and everybody in there. But, um, but uh, I thought that was hilarious. So shout out to Sammy Guevara for doing that. He said it's for his vlog, but he's like, I just do that stuff for my vlog. But I'm like, listen, man, I'm gonna make. I want to try to make them respond because that would just be that would just be fun for everyone. I'm like, I'm just doing it for fun. It's I'm just, just trying a to gimmick. It's you fine. started something fun, and I'm trying to have fun with it to see if I can make them respond because I'm a huge Victoria Justice fan. I watched Zoe 101 and Victorious when I was a kid, and I'm a huge fan of uh, her and her sister's hilarious. Her sister's pretty, and if Sammy Guevara is trying to get his sister to hit him up, I'm gonna try to get her to hit him up. <laughs> but um. She can be on the show. Oh, yeah, she can be on the show. Other than that, Funny MJF, he stated his stipulations. Um, they're kind of, they like, I think one of them was that Cody can't touch him until they get to Revolution. Cody uh, Cody has to face uh, Wardlow in a cage. And I think the second stipulation was something like, like if Cody loses, MJF gets to whip him 10 times or something like that, if I'm correct. Um, he got really into talking about whipping Cody. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't my favorite MJF promo. Not my favorite MJF promo as well. That's probably the worst MJF promo I've seen thus far. But they can be amazing. But he's money, regardless. Yeah. The guy walked mm-hmm. out and kissed somebody's wife. <laughs> and threw some guy's hat across. True heel. And threw some guy's hat across the arena. Like, literally took the guy's hat off his head and threw it across the arena <laughs> to the other side. Dang. You can't get as real as MJF, mate. You can't. Let's just, he's the man. I don't know. He's amazing. He's, He's one of the best heels. But I, he I, can be as like mean and ruthless as possible without having to spit on a child. The I entire really you can't that. touch me until uh, we get to the pay-per-view and you have to face my bodyguard in a cage before we get there. Those are very old school stipulations and I actually really dig that. The 10 whips is very old school too, but it just seems weird in this day and age for no other reason that like, I don't know, even in the world of wrestling, like being like, hey, I want to give you 10 lashes to the back if I beat you seems so like why not just have a strap match then I don't know bro <laughs> but it is what it is on multiple levels yeah a little kinky but uh, <laughs> that was one of the levels yes now the, I, the women had a fatal four way because uh, Statlander couldn't be there to face Rio this week and Statlander's facing Rio for the women's champion next week which almost made it obvious that Rio is going to retain the title this week in the fatal four way against Britt Baker Nyla Rose and I think it was Sheeta um Probably the best women's match I've seen on television thus far for AEW. Um, they are developing characters all over the place for the women. Finally, that their names aren't Brandy Rhodes. Rio won, as expected, but Nyla beat the crap out of Sheeta and Rio after the match. I said in our flick chat that Britt Baker needs to turn heel ASAP. I agree. Because, I agree. Um, she was brought into this company as if like she was going to be the face of the women's division, and we got Britt Baker, and it was her and Kylie Ray, and Kylie Ray obviously left already and is not with AEW no more. But they brought those two in like they were going to be the face of the women's division. And next, you know, Rio's the champion, Brandy Rhodes is doing stuff, Statlander is getting title shots, and Britt Baker is on TV almost every other week, and she's still popular, but she's not really getting what she thought she was going to get when she came to AEW, and that's a more than enough reason for her to turn heel and be like, hey. What the hell's going on? And then she cut that promo backstage where she went on the reels facing. This is supposed to be my stuff, and I don't know what the hell's going on here, and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, yes, you're doing exactly what I thought you guys should do. That's a rare occasion. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree. Britt Baker needs to be one way or the other, just like Brandy needs to be one way or the other. The whole women's division needs to be. There's still a lot of work. A few different ways. Or the There's other. a yeah, whole yeah. lot of work that needs to be done. I honestly want the title off Rio. Hopefully, Statlander wins the next week. Um, nothing against Rio, but I just haven't been able to get behind her enough or invest to care about her enough to care about her championship reign. That's just all it is. They haven't yeah. done anything for me to care. Um, not that they've done anything for me to care about Statlander yet. Maybe they can. Let's, you know, refresh, reset, try it again. Um, I don't know. Um, Nyla Rose, they've been doing stuff with Nyla, assuming that something's going to happen with her. She's been putting people through tables for like the last month. I feel like that's all I ever see when I see a women's match is Nyla. So hopefully she does something. I don't know. And Brandy, uh, yeah. uh, not Brandy, Britt Baker, once again, needs to get aggressive and turn heel since the opportunity again. That anyways, that's all I want to say about the women. Also, yeah. what's her face? Bunny. Where's Bunny at? She's with the butcher and the blade. Oh, 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 oh being their oh, manager okay. now. Which and those women, those women are doing things at least. So like the bunnies with the butcher and the blade. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw Penelope Ford, low blow. Joey Janela, who was our ex-boyfriend. <laughs> so good, and I the love it. Super bad Penelope Ford with super bad Kip Saban. I'm a huge Kip Saban fan. I think he's dope. Yeah, low blow the bad boy Joey Janela, and obviously Penelope used to be known as the bad girl. Did not think they were gonna go with this angle because the real life technicalities here i feel like joey's the one to be like let's do that no 100 percent. but i think at yeah. first it they i don't know i think i read something that he didn't want to or they didn't want to but you know since penelope was his real life ex-girlfriend and they broke up and then she started dating kip saban in real life and they took the super bad gimmick it almost seemed inevitable that you know let's blur the lines of reality and scripted television and let's have these mm. guys feud um sometimes that's fun and it looks like it's going to happen this kind of makes it look like Penelope is not over Joey, which I probably would have had to go the other way, but I guess Joey's the good guy. They're the bad guys, the the heels, Kip and Penelope, so we'll see how it goes. I don't know. I mean, I'm a fan of Joey. I think Joey's dope when he's put in the right situations. I'm a fan of Penelope. I think she's... I don't, I don't even think we've seen the best of Penelope yet on AEW Dynamite, and I think Kip Saban is going to be one of the top stars in the future, depending on how long this company goes for, because he's got everything that you could want in a superstar. They look really great together and look super badass, and yeah. I think both of them can follow up with that in the ring, which is really exciting. The only so. crappy thing is is that Joey's feud with Sean Spears seems to be over, and I've they, like Ty Dillinger leaving the WWE for greater things than AEW doesn't seem to be happening for him at the moment. They even well. paired him with the legendary Tully Blanchard, who I also think should be doing more. I'm more I'm more sad about Tully Blanchard not getting a push than Sean Spears, unfortunately. But kind of sucks for Sean Spears. Like he probably should have beat Cody or something because now he just feels so he feels like Ty Dillinger. Um, True. He feels like Ty Dillinger just with Tully Blanchard, which sucks. Um, other than that, Darby had another cool little video package heading into his match with Cody, where he was skateboarding with the Cody mask on, and it transitioned to his entrance. It was a really cool video. His entrance is dope. Just the transition from the video to the entrance wasn't so great. Um, the match was a banger. They did. A, they had a really good match. Um, Cody and Darby yes. have great chemistry, and that's also you got to credit Darby, man. When other guys gonna be a future star for this company, um, if they keep going the way he's going, kids love him. He has that Jeff Hardy vibe. He's got the, fate, the, the mm-hmm. painted face. He's got that daredevil, you know, attitude. I um, almost wore my Darby shirt. See, he's relatable. Um, kids can relate to him. He's got that angst that teenagers, I feel, can relate to. And, he also uh, just moves so cool in the ring. Yeah, and he's just he's once again don't want to hardcore compare him to Jeff Hardy, but he kind of is his own kind of enigma. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, maybe not a charismatic enigma, but he's his own kind of enigma. And 
I, I like the fact that, yeah, he lost here, but once again, similar to Buddy Murphy, in loss, he still got himself over and looked really good, which is yeah. a hard thing to do. Not everybody does it well. Yeah, that um, match was cool. And Cody having Arn as his coach, and I like that Arn is his coach. He's not a manager. He's not an agent. I he's his coach. don't know the difference, really. For me, because he stood out there like a coach. He stood on the sidelines. He wasn't pacing back and forth. He wasn't. He was strategically watching the match, and he did one thing the entire match. He jumped on the apron, and he said, knee, knee, knee. Like, he pat his knee to no, tell Cody to put his knees up. It was one thing, and Cody put his knees up. Darby did his um little death drop thingy. What's it called? When you, the coffin drop. And oh, hit, yeah. and it hit um it, it hit Cody's back. and Cody put his knees knees up and that's what got Cody the victory. That one coach that one coach tactic that came from Aaron helped Cody the victory, which shows how Aaron is beneficial to Cody. He's that he's the head coach of the Nightmare Family and he's uh, gonna coach Cody to all the success in the world. Is basically what's going on there. Okay. Because I feel like a manager when I think of managers, I think of like Bobby Heenan and I think of like Jimmy mm. Hart, where they're screaming and yelling outside the ring and they're hoping you cheat. Like I don't see Arn doing that at any point. Yeah, I yeah. I see Arn standing, Arn standing out there as a strategic manager guy that's outside the ring, t- kind of guiding Cody and what to do at pivotal points of the match, and that's a great role for Arn Anderson, the enforcer. You know. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, thank you for specifying the differences. Uh, making it making it seem make sense. For it people seemed like a very for. fine line between it, and that makes sense now. Yeah, um, Moxley uh, had a match against Trent, Trent, Trent Beretta. It was a great match. Obviously, we got an Orange Cassidy Moxley moment where a couple of people in the flick chat were like, "Wouldn't it just be funny if uh, Moxley just put his hands in his pockets too and taunted Orange Cassidy?" And that's like exactly what he did. Um, there was no really physical interaction between the two, but it was enough of a distraction for Trent to get the upper hand on Moxley. I love it, though. Those moments of, like, the whole stadium cheering for people, winding up to them, putting their hands Yeah, their it hands. was great. And Orange Cassidy just gets a pop <laughs> every time. And and going back to John Moxley from his Dean Ambrose character, like, it makes sense that he put his hands in his pockets, too. Like, you know, it just... There's a little bit of a fine line of Moxie Ambrose there. And it was good stuff. I liked it. The match was good. Jericho tried to offer Moxie a spot in the inner circle, the the head spot of the inner circle and a car to get Moxie to join the inner circle. That sounded so stupid. But <laughs> but what um, people are like, oh, that's so dumb. Like, why is he offering him a car in the top spot? Like, the inner circle is like this big group. It the only, you got to look at it from the perspective of Jericho is technically just trying to do whatever it takes to not have to face Moxley. Like he's desperate yeah. not to face him, so he's offering him all this stuff. We all yeah. know it's going to end up being Moxley versus Jericho. We all know where this is heading. Just enjoy the ride. People are getting way too analytical about like, why would he be offering him this stuff? Why would Moxley care about this stuff? Like da, 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 da. it's because he's doing whatever it takes not to face Moxley because Moxley's a lunatic and Jericho doesn't want to face a lunatic. It makes sense. No. I don't know. I hope the car gets trashed and I, or like Moxie just shows up with the license plate and yeah. it's all like messed up and he's yeah. like, Here, I found this. Yeah, people, like, yeah, people were like kinda like just saying the promo is dumb and you know, it makes no sense. Like da, da, da. I'm mm. like it makes all the sense in the world. Um Sammy had a good match with Dustin after that. It was a solid match. Um and I see Jack Swiger, I mean Jake Hager get involved and whatnot. Um uh, oh, the other thing about Jericho and Moxie, they're both going to be on night two of Wrestle Kingdom this upcoming January 4th. And oh, really? Couple of days. Yeah, Jericho has a match, and so does Moxley. Um, so if they cross paths at Wrestle Kingdom, that will be very entertaining to see to help build the AEW match. We'll see if that happens in New Japan. Pro I was kind of hoping with AEW and this whole, like, trying to do it differently, I guess, that there'd be more crossover. Uh, I think they, t- they tease that if someone wins a match, 
sorry, my New Japan knowledge at the very moment is very low, but next week I'll have Unkin on here again, and we're going to talk all about Wrestle Kingdom and its results, because I'm actually going to stay up and watch both nights of Wrestle Kingdom this week, but um, there is a match, I can't tell you off the top of my head right now, where if someone wins, they get to face Jericho for the AEW title, but oh, I don't. Cool. But obviously I don't see that happening at all, so mm. yeah. They, they, they hint be really cross, cool, though. They hint crossovers, but uh, from what are what has been said in the past, I think Tony Khan said he wants to keep AEW exclusive and not really work with other companies yet, like New Japan Pro Wrestling. Where I think if they did, that would be so much money. Yeah. Some of the wait, coolest, why? Why does he want to do that? I don't know. Because some of the coolest things about All In was like seeing Okada there and seeing certain guys. Yeah. You know what I mean. Um, but yeah. Even if storylines were to cross over when people went to certain places, but. And then, but they never showed up on a. I don't know, but it would just yeah. be so cool. If there's I, more crossover. The main event was solid. The Bucks and um, Omega versus Pac and the Lucha Brothers. I'm a fan of all six of those guys. I'm glad they're all on TV. Um, Omega seemed to have got his groove back because honestly, this entire AEW run, Omega's just kind of felt not yeah. like Omega. There's a crossover I need. And uh, I need Ibushi. Yeah, need Omega him. just hasn't felt like a Omega like at all for some reason. Uh, the Bucks killed it, as they usually do. It was a good match. The Lucha Brothers, the only thing I want to say about them is I just hope they start picking up more momentum in AEW because I feel like they've been losing a lot in AEW. Um, and I love seeing Pac. I love seeing Pac any week. Mm. Pac in AEW is probably like one of my favorite wrestlers in AEW. It's just everything about him. He, he doesn't even need to cut yeah. promos. He just needs to be there. And I'm like, this guy's a badass. And they always protect him. He didn't even take the fall in this match. Like He's always – he's a guy that could go after the title very soon. Or if they finally come out with a middle uh, – middle of the card title or mid card title or whatever you want to call it like he could be the first champion and run with it for a while and make that title feel prestigious yeah. without a doubt other than that enjoyed all the Jen Jen Decker interviews backstage the stuff with Sammy Guevara and Christopher Daniels where uh, they're gonna go at it next week with SCU promo that she cut and then uh, you know um you know, Guevara's always vlogging, so Daniel. Yeah, they're a good mix because the boomers with. Yeah, and the then Daniel. <laughs> yeah, because Daniel's licked his finger and then put it on the phone, and you know, yeah. Sammy Guevara got really sad. Um, also, the stuff with Private Party, uh, and uh, Hangman Page, and let's talk about something really quickly. You you mentioned before the show started. Why are they the same gimmick? The Private Why? Party and uh, Street Profits seem very similar to you, and that the African American teams. I still don't know. They both drink. They both party. They're, why? Why are they the same gimmick? Like, why do African American tag teams have the same? Gimmick? Always get stereotypical gimmicks. Who I have was no first? Idea. Who was first? Who was I can't first? tell you. The Street Profits might have been doing this on NXT. I think since like for a couple of years, to be honest. Someone tell us. But also, I know that that um, Private Party has probably been doing this stuff on the Independents for a longer period than any of us, like than you and I know because we don't we don't watch hog wrestling or anything like that where they came from so who was doing it first I don't know who's doing it it's better it's really stresses me out who's doing it better know. I'm gonna stay the street profits only because they get a lot more exposure we haven't seen that much of private party but but what they do is good they're both very good it's just it upsets me when I have to think for a moment like okay let's not be that person and mix up the two black tag teams that have the exact same gimmick because that's only going to make you look like an asshole. But it just, also it's because they have the exact gimmick. Uh, they're just guys that like to party and have a good time. And they're good wrestlers. It's just, it's, I don't know. It's like very similar. You're right. It's stressful, guys. I need, I need answers. And I also need someone to, to stand down and, and mix it up a little um, bit. We got Jungle Boy cutting a promo with Luchasaurus and Marco Stante with Jennifer Decker. And the only thing I want to say about that. Very funny. It was very funny. Um, 
everybody has a crush on Jennifer Decker, which is amazing. She's dope. Shout out to Jennifer and the whole Swings and Misses podcast. But um, I don't know about Jungle Boy cutting promos, man. No, no, he should. He should just talk. He should just. I feel like he was more talking in that. No, he, he, he was. He, but I feel like the more he talks, the less. I found <laughs> it more intriguing when he didn't talk that much. <laughs> no, I think. His, it goes. I think it's fine with his origin story. He's just kind of like he's like Mowgli. He's just kind of like. Okay, fair. I'm here to I don't. Win. Maybe I'm, I'm being I'm too quick to judge. We'll see how it goes. Like I like Jungle Boy. I I, I see Jungle Boy in the same way I see Darby Allen, the same way I see uh, other people that I mentioned that seem like they'll be stars in the future. Um, Sammy Guevara, MGF, like he's those guys. I think could be the future of AEW. But at the same time, like I don't but know. But imagine if he was trying to like really prove something with his promos that'd be far more cringe than him just being like we've had a good week we're gonna keep going blah 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 like that just makes sense for him and i'm okay with that it's when he starts getting like trying to be ricochet and be intimidating where i'm like no no dude you're earnest and you want to try your hardest and you're the you're the david in the goliath story so yeah just do that no i agree and the last but not least this tension with uh hangman page and the rest of the elite because the elite came out to celebrate at the end of the show the Bucks, Omega, and Cody, and then they tried to call Hangman Page, who was on commentary, to come down and join them, but he did not. And is this Hangman? And he was drinking on commentary. <laughs> is this Hangman Page joining the Dark Order? Is this Hangman Page doing his own thing? A couple of other things I just want to point out right before we sign off on AEW. Why the hell do MJF and Cody never interact with each other on these shows? Why wouldn't MJF come like, you don't walk out there with Wardlow and watch Cody's match with Darby from the stage for a couple of minutes and then go back to the back? Why didn't Cody come out there and want to confront MJF when he made the stipulations? If he was there to come party at the end of the show anyways. Um, That's one thing that bothers me. Another thing that bothers me is, um, oh, this doesn't bother me, but another thing that's kind of interesting to me is that Marty Skrull is a free agent. When is he coming to AEW? I think it's inevitable. He's, right. he's doing stuff with NWA, not under a contract. He's just doing it just for the sake of doing it. He's a free agent right now. He's not under contract with Ring of Honor no more. Ooh. When's he coming? Because he has to be coming. He, like, he just has to be coming. But don't you think he'd want to come with his whole crew? I don't know. I think that and crew... Is that, I are, think they, that, are they free I think agents? that whole crew was just his Ring of Honor thing. And I think that's done. I but don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm not up to date, but the last time at I least checked... Bro, at least Brody, though. Yeah, that'd be dope. But last time, the last time I checked, Marty was no longer with Ring of Honor. He's a free agent. He's doing stuff on the NWA, but he's not signed to any contract or anything. He's a full-on free agent. That's well, a, might, that might have changed in the last couple of days, or by the time this podcast. What's the next pay per view? Revolution in January, so this month. But I don't know. I think I think well, where Marty, is it at? I don't know. You're asking so many questions that I didn't. You guys have all the answers. I know I did Come not on. prepare that much for this show this week. I feel like I haven't been. I'm just been kidding. In this, I'm just kidding. It's I, fine, we it's dropped fine, the fine. Christmas episode early, and I was telling Sonu when we got, I'm like, I feel like I haven't been here in so long. It feels so long since we dropped an episode. But um, everyone's really disappointed in you. By next week, I'll be more prepared and I'll have all these answers, guys. No, that's but fine, that's fine. all I want to bring up about AEW is that Marty scores a free agent. I find it weird that MJF and Cody don't cross paths. Um, and also the other thing that we mentioned at the beginning is that there was weird that there's no follow-up for the Dark Order and Brandy Rhodes has disappeared for the entire week of the show. But for the first show of 2020, it felt fresh. I like the stadium they were in. I like that look. I like that vibe. I wish they would do shows there for like a month straight and then go back to going to arenas and stuff again because it can build a home base. Plus, it reminded me of when Nitro used to be at the MGM Disney studio for like a month straight when the NWO first appeared and it was just a good different vibe. I don't know why I liked it. I like the smaller venue. I like the entrance there and stuff. It just it was a cool vibe. It just I like that, and that you know, sometimes you watch Ron Smackdown, it always looks the same no matter what arena it's in. It always looks the same. Where 
dynamite like it looks one way when it's in the bigger arenas and it looks one way when it looks in this place and it's cool that they can look a little bit different Tony Schiavone couldn't be there this week because he had to he had to he was committed to something else before so Taz was on commentary with Jim Ross Taz and Jim Ross worked together a lot in the past I really enjoyed them on commentary together I hope Taz sticks around maybe they can do something where the first hour it's like Jim Ross Taz and um Excalibur or something then the second hour I like them rotating it's probably good for them just to have days off and then the second hour have like Tony Schiavone Jim Ross and Excalibur like mix it up a little bit because that's what Nitro used to do and I used to like it when they'd mix up commentary teams because it made uh, every hour feel a different kind of fresh I just call Tony Schiavone Nike Monarchs why? because he wears dad sneakers usually Nike Monarchs yeah because he's Tony Schiavone man I know I like it I like every I take a picture every time I see Nike Monarchs in the wild I take a photo of them yeah Yeah, but yeah I don't know maybe like the first hour Excalibur I don't know I just I like Taz being on commentary and working with AEW him and JR like had great chemistry and they knocked it like and they've they've worked together on commentary on in, in the WWE more recently than Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross worked together because the last time Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone worked together was like the early 90s and it's great hearing them together but they're also both like the same age and they're both very old school <laughs> with yeah, Taz kind of with Taz has still been in the mix still younger still up to date with yeah. what's going on in wrestling today Taz is great so it kind of brought a different feel with sometimes Schiavone similar to Jim Ross are just both two old school guys that like their greatest memories are from the, the the classic days more than the more modern days. But yeah, I'm sorry to take it off of AEW for just a moment. No, we're done with AEW. Go on. Okay, well, King on commentary just. I don't like, I like it. it. He's a familiar <laughs> voice. I don't like it. He just doesn't fit. It's it's. You can tell he's trying. He's holding back. You can tell he's. He has to hold back because it's saying. a PG I know because he's King. I I know, but like. Like when he got excited when Zelina Vega came out. But he couldn't get excited about. Oh my god! She looks great though. Shout out to Lena. Oh, she looks amazing. She looks amazing but like, she looks amazing every week. But this week, sometimes yeah. it just. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think he also like his style and who he's commentating with. Like it's it's different, man. And King came from an era where they had more freedom. Like they were literally on commentary with Vince McMahon, not Vince McMahon in your ear. And he was a veteran. He had more freedom, and he worked in different eras. Um, yeah, it's a, it doesn't feel the same. Some of his jokes seem dated and stuff, but it is what it is. Yeah, I, I can't they, pinpoint it. There's sometimes where I'm like, I like the two man team, but maybe they need a third guy, or maybe King needs to go and they need to put someone else there. They have guys like Tom Phillips, they have guys like Byron Saxton, and all the other guys that they could put there that are actually really good. I miss Tom Phillips. Um, he was great yeah. when he was on SmackDown, but I don't know. Some people don't like the King, some people do. I'm indifferent, to be honest with you. There was times when there like, was, I, I wish I could remember, but there was something he said uh, on Raw where I was like, can we? I'll say one thing King made that whole wedding segment a lot more entertaining than it was. Just his reactions yeah, to things. Yeah, he does fill in the space. Yeah, his reactions to things and like talking about how silly and funny things were. Like, you Wait, know? is Morrow like the new king? Are we going to look back and be like, God, he was annoying? I, I know, know that sounds fucked up. No, I, you're like, going to get so much hate for saying that because people love Morrow. I know they Saying do. something bad about Morrow is like blasphemy in the wrestling internet community. I don't hate Morrow. I think Morrow's great. But I will I also mean, like, agree. Corey is the new king. Maybe. Corey's probably the new king. Joe is the new Taz. Like, come on. We can do it. It's fine. I just think Morrow, personally, and I love Morrow. I love Morrow's commentary. But sometimes I do think it's a little much. When he's... Right. Whereas King's a little much, but it does fill in and make you get... You, like, have to ride that wave of excitement with that level of... In, I don't know, like tone in their voice. No, they're fair, fair game. I don't know. I think you're right. I get it. It just sometimes Morrow, I think, cuts off the other commentators he works with, and that's the only thing about him. Not that Morrow, oh, like, yeah. but sometimes Morrow's going so ham that like Nigel and like Beth can't get this stuff out. That's the only thing that bothers me sometimes. Mm. But if you say that, he gets really upset because Corey said something to the likes of it. Speaking really about upset. the volume of people's voices, 
shout out to Justin mm-hmm. Roberts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so long. And so, it just, it's yeah. unreal. Yeah. He's How it's happy such a belated skill. birthday to Justin Roberts. So he's How like, do you yeah. even practice that? Skill? That's wild. He used to do for John Cena back in the day. That's what I it's. know. I know, but like, is this? If you guys you. haven't, though, you think read, it's over, it's read, read Justin Roberts' book. It's a good book. You should all check it out. He goes really in depth of his time working with the WWE, and it's really interesting. Um, other than that, though, AJ, where can people find you? What are your socials? <gasps> At Keep Me on Instagram. Yeah, and. Pretty much that. I mean, Twitch, AJ, keep me, but it's mostly keep me. So you guys can find AJ at keep me. You can find me at the Wrestling Classic, Justin Dillon's a personal, TWC Worldwide on Twitter, uh, TWC Shop if you want some merchandise. Um, and yeah, yeah, make sure to use those promo codes, TWC uh, Maestro for Maestro Classic, TWC 15 for Chalkline. You can listen to this show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, aka iTunes, um, Google Play, the Flick Chat app. This uh, this podcast is streamed through Flick Chat as well, through the app, through my chat, through my group. I mean, TWC show. So if you download the Flick Chat app, it's free. It's hassle free. There's no ads. There's no in-app purchases. There's no BS. It's honestly just another place for where we can communicate and have conversations. And you can talk to me when you guys want to talk to me during shows, and I can directly talk to you guys. Um, so download the Flick Chat app and the podcast you can hear it there too and then we also upload the podcast in video form every week on the Wrestling Classic YouTube channel so make sure you subscribe leave a rating leave comments leave a like all those stuff on all those platforms do the thing um, I'll be back next week I'm going to try to hopefully Devin's back next week if not maybe AJ will come back I'm definitely going to get Unkin in here because he's a huge New Japan Pro Wrestling fan and we're going to break down some of the stuff that we enjoyed from Wrestle Kingdom uh, that's airing on January 4th. We're recording this on January 2nd, if you're wondering, because um, it's probably out on January 4th. But uh, <laughs> I want to watch Wrestle Kingdom. I have Anki coming here with all of his notes, like he did that one time, to so talk about Wrestle Kingdom. And yeah, man, uh, congratulations to Lana and Lashley. Congratulations, Andrade and Charlotte. Shasha Shanks. We love you. Salsa Banks, whatever you want to call her. Um, AEW, hopefully they keep up the momentum, and we'll see you all next week. Anything you want to add, AJ? We will both see you at the Rumble because Justin's definitely going. And she's trying to make me show up because if you show up, things happen. That's what we've learned. Embrace the madness. Ooh, yeah, dig it. We out.